Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. Heidi is a classic novel written by Swiss author Johanna Spiri. It was originally published in 1881 in two parts, Heidi's Years of Learning and Travel, Heidi Slayer You and You Wanderjar, and Heidi Makes Use of What She Has Learned, Heidi Kim Brochen, was E.S. Jellern Hat. The story has since become one of the most well-loved and enduring children's books, captivating readers of all ages with its heartwarming narrative and picturesque portrayal of the Swiss Alps. The novel tells the story of Heidi, a young orphan girl who is sent to live with her reclusive grandfather in the Swiss Alps. Her grandfather, who is initially gruff and distant, gradually warms up to her and they form a deep bond. Heidi's innocence, kindness, and love for the mountains begin to transform the lives of those around her, including her grandfather and a young disabled girl named Clara, whom she befriends in Frankfurt. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account CZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Chapter 16 The Doctor Comes with Presents The early light of morning lay rosy red upon the mountains, and a fresh breeze rustled through the fir trees and set their ancient branches waving to and fro. The sound awoke Heidi and she jumped out of bed and dressed herself as quickly as she could. When she went down her ladder she found her grandfather had already left the hut. He was standing outside looking at the sky and examining the landscape as he did every morning to see what sort of weather it was going to be. Little pink clouds were floating over the sky that was growing brighter and bluer with every minute while the heights and the meadowlands were turning gold under the rising sun, which was just appearing above the topmost peaks. Oh, how beautiful. How beautiful. Good morning, grandfather, cried Heidi, running out. What, you are awake already, are you? He answered, giving her a morning greeting. Then Heidi ran round to the fir trees to enjoy the sound she loved so well, and with every fresh gust of wind which came roaring through their branches she gave a fresh jump and cry of delight. Meanwhile the grandfather had gone to milk the goats, this done he brushed and washed them, ready for their mountain excursion, and brought them out of their shed. As soon as Heidi caught sight of them she ran and embraced them, and they bleated in return, while they vied with each other in showing their affection by poking their heads against her and trying which could get nearest her. When the lively little bear gave rather too violent a thrust, she only said, No, little bear, you are pushing like the great Turk, 
and Little Bear immediately drew back his head and left off his rough attentions, while Little Swan lifted her head and put on an expression as much as to say, no one shall ever accuse me of behaving like the Great Turk. Peter's whistle was heard and all the goats came along, leaping and springing, and Heidi soon found herself surrounded by the whole flock, pushed this way and that by their obstreperous greetings, but at last she managed to get through them to where Snowflake was standing, for the young goat had in vain striven to reach her. Peter now gave a last tremendous whistle in order to startle the goats and drive them off, for he wanted to get near himself to say something to Heidi. The goats sprang aside and he came up to her. Can you come out with me today? He asked, evidently unwilling to hear her refuse. I am afraid I cannot, Peter, she answered. I am expecting them every minute from Frankfurt and I must be at home when they come. You have said the same thing for days now, grumbled Peter. I must continue to say it till they come, replied Heidi. How can you think, Peter, that I would be away when they came? As if I could do such a thing? They would find uncle at home, he answered with a snarling voice. But at this moment the grandfather's stentorian voice was heard. Why is the army not marching forward? Is it the field marshal who is missing or some of the troops? Whereupon Peter turned and went off, swinging his stick round so that it whistled through the air, and the goats, who understood the signal, started at full trot for their mountain pasture, Peter following in their wake. Since Heidi had come back to her grandfather, she had learned to do many things about the house. She put her bed in order every morning, patting and stroking it till she had got it perfectly smooth and flat. Then she went about the room downstairs, put each chair back in its place, and if she found anything lying about she put it in the cupboard. After that she fetched a duster, climbed on a chair, and rubbed the table till it shone again. When the grandfather came in later he would look round well pleased and say to himself, we look like Sunday every day now, Heidi did not go abroad for nothing. After Peter had departed and she and her grandfather had breakfasted, Heidi began her daily work as usual, but she did not get on with it very fast. It was so lovely outdoors today, and every minute something happened to interrupt her in her work. Now it was a bright beam of sun shining cheerfully through the open window and seeming to say, come out, Heidi, come out. Heidi felt she could not stay indoors and she ran out in answer to the call. The sunlight lay sparkling on everything around the hut and on all the mountains and far away along the valley and the grass slope looked so golden and inviting that she was obliged to sit down for a few minutes and look about her. Then she suddenly remembered that her stool was left standing in the middle of the floor and that the table had not been rubbed and she jumped up and ran inside again. But it was not long before the fir trees began their old song, Heidi felt it in all her limbs and again the desire to run outside was irresistible and she was off to play and leap to the tune of the waving branches. The grandfather, who was busy in his work shed, stepped out from time to time smiling to watch her at her gambols. 
He had just gone back to his work on one of these occasions when Heidi called out, Grandfather. Grandfather. Come, come. He stepped quickly out, almost afraid something had happened to the child, but he saw her running towards where the mountain path descended, crying, They're coming. They're coming. And the doctor is in front of them. Heidi rushed forward to welcome her old friend, who held out his hands in greeting to her. When she came up to him, she clung to his outstretched arm and exclaimed in the joy of her heart, Good morning, doctor, and thank you ever so many times. God bless you, child. What have you got to thank me for? asked the doctor, smiling. For being at home again with grandfather, the child explained. The doctor's face brightened as if a sudden ray of sunshine had passed across it. He had not expected such a reception as this. He had quite thought that Heidi would have forgotten him. She had seen so little of him, and he had felt rather like one bearing a message of disappointment. But instead, here was Heidi, her eyes dancing for joy and full of gratitude and affection, clinging to the arm of her kind friend. He took her by the hand with fatherly tenderness. Take me now to your grandfather, Heidi, and show me where you live. But Heidi still remained standing looking down the path with a questioning gaze. Where are Clara and grandmother? She asked. Ah, now I have to tell you something which you will be as sorry about as I am, answered the doctor. You see, Heidi, I have come alone. Clara was very ill and could not travel, and so the grandmother stayed behind too. But next spring, when the days grow warm and long again, they are coming here for certain. Heidi stood motionless for a second or two, overcome by the unexpected disappointment. She suddenly remembered that the doctor had really come anyway. She lifted her eyes and saw the sad expression in his as he looked down at her. She had never seen him with that look on his face when she was in Frankfurt. It went to Heidi's heart. She could not bear to see anybody unhappy, especially her dear doctor. No doubt it was because Clara and grandmother could not come, and so she began to think how best she might console him. Oh, it won't be very long to wait for spring and then they will be sure to come, she said in a reassuring voice. Time passes very quickly with us, and then they will be able to stay longer when they are here, and Clara will be pleased at that. Now let us go and find Grandfather. Hand in hand with her friend, she climbed up to the hut. She was so anxious to make the doctor happy again that she began once more assuring him that the winter passed quickly on the mountain and that summer would be back again before they knew it, and she became so convinced of the truth of her own words that she called out quite cheerfully to her grandfather as they approached, they have not come today, but they will be here in a very short time. The doctor was no stranger to the grandfather, for the child had talked to him so much about her friend. The old man held out his hand to his guest in friendly greeting. Then the two men sat down in front of the hut. 
The doctor whispered to Heidi that there was something being brought up the mountain which had traveled with him from Frankfurt and which would give her even more pleasure than seeing him. Heidi got into a great state of excitement on hearing this, wondering what it could be. The old man urged the doctor to spend as many of the beautiful autumn days on the mountain as he could, and at least to come up whenever it was fine, he could not offer him a lodging, as he had no place to put him. He advised the doctor, however, not to go back to Raggett's, but to stay at Durfly, where there was a clean, tidy little inn. Then the doctor could come up every morning, which would do him no end of good, and if he liked, he, the grandfather, would act as his guide to any part of the mountains he would like to see. The doctor was delighted with this proposal, and it was settled that it should be as the grandfather suggested. Uncle now rose and went indoors, returning in a few minutes with a table which he placed in front of the seat. There, Heidi, now run in and bring us what we want for the table, he said. The doctor must take us as he finds us. If the food is plain, he will acknowledge that the dining room is pleasant. I should think so indeed, replied the doctor as he looked down over the sunlit valley and I accept the kind invitation, everything must taste good up here. Heidi ran backwards and forwards as busy as a bee and brought out everything she could find in the cupboard. The grandfather meanwhile had been preparing the meal and now appeared with a steaming jug of milk and golden brown toasted cheese. Then he cut some thin slices from the meat he had cured himself in the pure air and the doctor enjoyed his dinner better than he had for a whole year past. Our Clara must certainly come up here, he said, it would make her quite a different person, and if she could eat for any length of time as I have today, she would grow plumper than anyone has ever known her before. As he spoke a man was seen coming up the path carrying a large package on his back. When he reached the hut he threw it on the ground and drew in two or three good breaths of the mountain air. Ah, here's what traveled with me from Frankfurt, said the doctor, rising, and he went up to the package and began undoing it, Heidi looking on in great expectation. After he had released it from its heavy outer covering, there, child, he said, now you can go on unpacking your treasures yourself. Heidi undid her presents one by one until they were all displayed. She could not speak for wonder and delight. Not till the doctor opened the large box to show Heidi the cakes that were for the grandmother to eat with her coffee did she at last give a cry of joy, exclaiming, now grandmother will have nice things to eat, and she wanted to pack everything up again and start at once to give them to her. But the grandfather said he should walk down with the doctor that evening and she could go with them and take the things. Heidi next found the packet of tobacco which she ran and gave to her grandfather. He was so pleased with it that he immediately filled his pipe with some and the two men then sat down together again, the smoke curling up from their pipes as they talked of all kinds of things while Heidi continued to examine first one and then another of her presents. Suddenly she ran up to them, and standing in front of the doctor waited till there was a pause in the conversation, and then said, No, the presents have not given me more pleasure than seeing you, doctor. The two men could not help laughing, 
and the doctor answered that he should never have thought it. As the sun began to sink behind the mountains, the doctor rose, thinking it time to return to Durfly and seek for quarters. The grandfather carried the cakes and the shawl and the large sausage, and the doctor took Heidi's hand as they all three started down the mountain. Arrived at Peter's home, Heidi bid the others goodbye. She was to wait at grandmother's till her grandfather, who was going on to Durfly with his guest, returned for her. As the doctor shook hands with her, she asked, would you like to come out with the goats tomorrow morning? For she could think of no greater treat to offer him. Agreed, answered the doctor. We will go together. Heidi now ran into the grandmother. She first, with some effort, managed to carry in the box of cakes. Then she ran out again and brought in the sausage for her grandfather had put the presents down by the door and then a third time for the shawl. She placed them as close as she could to the grandmother so that the latter might be able to feel them and understand what was there. The shawl she laid over the old woman's knees. They are all from Frankfurt, from Clara and Grandmama, she explained to the astonished grandmother and Brigitte, the latter having watched her dragging in all the heavy things unable to imagine what was happening. And you are very pleased with the cakes, aren't you? Grandmother? Taste how soft they are, said Heidi over and over again, to which the grandmother continued to answer, Yes, yes, Heidi, I should think so. What kind people they must be. And then she would pass her hand over the warm, thick shawl and add, This will be beautiful for the cold winter. I never thought I should ever have such a splendid thing as this to put on. Heidi could not help feeling some surprise at the grandmother seeming to take more pleasure in the shawl than the cakes. Meanwhile, Brigitte stood gazing at the sausage with almost an expression of awe. She had hardly in her life seen such a monster sausage, much less on one, and she could scarcely believe her eyes. Peter came tumbling in at this minute. Uncle is just behind me. He is coming, Dash, he began and then stopped short, for his eye had caught sight of the sausage, and he was too much taken aback to say more. But Heidi understood that her grandfather was near and so said goodbye to grandmother. The old man now never passed the door without going in to wish the old woman good day, and she liked to hear his footstep approaching, for he always had a cheery word for her. But today it was growing late for Heidi, who was always up with the lark, and the grandfather would never let her go to bed after hours, so this evening he only called goodnight through the open door and started home at once with the child, and the two climbed under the starlit sky back to their peaceful dwelling. Chapter 17 Excursions Over the Mountains The next morning the doctor climbed up from Durfly with Peter and the goats. At the hut, they found Heidi awaiting them with her two goats, all three as fresh and lively as the morning sun among the mountains. Are you coming today? said Peter, repeating the words with which he daily greeted her. Of course I am, if the doctor is coming too, replied Heidi. Peter cast a sidelong glance at the doctor. The grandfather now came out with the dinner bag 
and after bidding good day to the doctor he went up to Peter and slung it over his neck. It was heavier than usual, for all uncle had added some meat today, as he thought the doctor might like to have his lunch out of doors with the children. Peter gave a grin, for he felt sure there was something extra good in it. And so the ascent began. The goats as usual came thronging round Heidi, each trying to be nearest her, until at last she stood still and said, Now you must go on in front and behave properly, and not keep on turning back and pushing and poking me, for I want to talk to the doctor. By degrees she managed to make her way out from among them and join the doctor, who took her by the hand. Heidi had a great deal to say about the goats and their peculiarities, and about the flowers and the rocks and the birds, and so they clambered on and reached their resting place before they were aware. Peter had sent a good many unfriendly glances towards the doctor on the way up, which might have quite alarmed the latter if he had happened to notice them, which, fortunately, he did not. Heidi led her friend to her favorite spot where she was accustomed to sit and enjoy the beauty around her. The doctor followed her example and took his seat beside her on the warm grass. The great snowfields sparkled in the bright sunlight on the rocky peaks. A soft, light morning breeze blew deliciously across the mountain, gently stirring the bluebells that still remained of the summer's wealth of flowers, their slender heads nodding cheerfully in the sunshine. Overhead the gray bird was flying round and round in wide circles. Heidi looked about her first at one thing and then at another. Her eyes were alight with joy. She turned to her friend to see if he too were enjoying the beauty. The doctor had been sitting thoughtfully gazing around him. As he met her glad bright eyes, yes, Heidi, he responded, I see how lovely it all is, but tell me if one brings a sad heart up here, how may it be healed so that it can rejoice in all this beauty? But no one is sad up here, only in Frankfurt, exclaimed Heidi. The doctor smiled, and then growing serious again he continued, but supposing one is not able to leave all the sadness behind at Frankfurt, can you tell me anything that will help then? When you do not know what more to do you must go and tell everything to God, answered Heidi with decision. Ah, that is a good thought of yours, Heidi, said the doctor. But if it is God himself who has sent the trouble, what can we say to him then? Heidi sat pondering for a while. She was sure in her heart that God could help out of every trouble. She thought over her own experiences and then found her answer. Then you must wait, she said, and keep on saying to yourself, God certainly knows of some happiness for us which he is going to bring out of the trouble, only we must have patience and not run away. That is a beautiful faith, child, and be sure you hold it fast replied the doctor. But can you understand, Heidi, that a man may sit here with such a shadow over his eyes that he cannot feel and enjoy the beauty around him while the heart grows doubly sad knowing how beautiful it could be? Can you understand that? A pain shot through the child's young, happy heart. The shadow over the eyes brought to her remembrance the grandmother 
we would never again be able to see the sunlight and the beauty up here. This was Heidi's great sorrow, which reawoke each time she thought about the darkness. Yes, I can understand it. And I know this, that then one must say one of grandmother's hymns, which bring the light back a little and often make it so bright for her that she is quite happy again. Grandmother herself told me this. Which hymns are they, Heidi? asked the doctor. I only know the one about the sun and the beautiful garden and some of the verses of the long one, which are favorites with her, and she always likes me to read them to her two or three times over, replied Heidi. Well, say the verses to me then, I should like to hear them too, said the doctor. Heidi collected her thoughts for a second or two and began. Let not your heart be troubled nor fear your soul dismay, there is a wise defender and he will be your stay. Where you have failed, he conquers, see how the foeman flies, and all your tribulation is turned to glad surprise. Yet for a while it seemed that his mercy is withdrawn, that he no longer careth for his wandering child forlorn, doubt not his great compassion, his love can never tire, to those who wait in patience he gives their heart's desire. Suddenly she paused, she was not sure if the doctor was still listening. He was sitting motionless with his hand before his eyes. His thoughts had carried him back to a long past time. He saw himself as a little boy standing by his dear mother's chair. She had her arm round his neck and was saying the very verses to him that Heidi had just recited words which he had not heard now for years. He could hear his mother's voice and see her loving eyes resting upon him, and as Heidi ceased the old dear voice seemed to be saying other things to him, and the words he heard again must have carried him far, far away, for it was a long time before he stirred or took his hand from his eyes. When at last he roused himself he met Heidi's eyes looking wonderingly at him. Heidi, he said, taking the child's hand in his, that was a beautiful hem of yours, and there was a happier ring in his voice as he spoke. We will come out here together another day, and you will let me hear it again. Peter meanwhile had been giving vent to his anger. It was now some days since Heidi had been out with him, and when at last she did come there she sat the whole time beside the old gentleman, and Peter could not get a word with her. He got into a terrible temper and at last went and stood some way back behind the doctor, where the latter could not see him, and doubling his fist made imaginary hits at the enemy. Presently he doubled both fists, and the longer Heidi stayed beside the gentleman, the more fiercely did he threaten with them. Meanwhile the sun had risen to the height which Peter knew pointed to the dinner hour. All of a sudden he called at the top of his voice, it's dinner time. Heidi started for the dinner bag so that the doctor might eat as where he sat. But he stopped her, telling her he was not hungry at all and only cared for a glass of milk as he wanted to climb up a little higher. Then Heidi found that she also was not hungry and only wanted milk and she should like, she said, to take the doctor up to the large moss-covered rock where Greenfinch had nearly jumped down and killed herself. 
So she ran and explained matters to Peter, telling him to go and get milk for the two. Peter seemed hardly to understand. Who is going to eat what is in the bag, then, he asked. You can have it, she answered, only first make haste and get the milk. Peter had seldom performed any task more promptly, for he thought of the bag and its contents, which now belonged to him. As soon as the other two were sitting quietly drinking their milk, he opened it and quite trembled for joy at the sight of the meat, and he was just putting his hand in to draw it out when something seemed to hold him back. His conscience smote him at the remembrance of how he had stood with his doubled fists behind the doctor, who was giving up to him his whole good dinner. He felt as if he could not now enjoy it. But all at once he jumped up and ran back to the spot where he had stood before, and there held up his open hands as a sign that he had no longer any wish to use them as fists, and kept them up until he felt he had made amends for his past conduct. Then he rushed back and sat down to the double enjoyment of a clear conscience and unusually satisfying meal. Heidi and the doctor climbed and talked for a long while until the latter said it was time for him to be going back and no doubt Heidi would like to go and be with her goats. But Heidi would not hear of this as then the doctor would have to go the whole way down the mountain alone. She insisted on accompanying him as far as the grandfather's hut, or even a little further. She kept hold of her friend's hand all the time, and the whole way she entertained him with accounts of this thing and that. But at last the doctor insisted on her going back, so they bid each other good night and the doctor continued his descent, turning now and again to look back, and each time he saw Heidi standing on the same spot and waving her hand to him. Even so in the old days had his own dear little daughter watched him when he went from home. It was a bright, sunny autumn month. The doctor came up to the hut every morning and thence made excursions over the mountain. All uncle accompanied him on some of his higher ascents. The doctor found great pleasure in his companion's conversation and was astonished at his knowledge of the plants that grew on the mountain. He was well versed also in the ways of the animals, great and small, and had many amusing anecdotes to tell these dwellers in caves and holes and in the tops of the fir trees. And so the time passed pleasantly and quickly for the doctor, who seldom said goodbye to the old man at the end of the day without adding, I never leave you, friend, without having learned something new from you. On some of the very finest days, however, the doctor would wander out again with Heidi, and then the two would sit together as on the first day, and the child would repeat her hymns and tell the doctor things which she alone knew. Peter sat at a little distance from them, but he was now quite reconciled in spirit and gave vent to no angry pantomime. September had drawn to its close, and one morning the doctor appeared looking less cheerful than usual. It was his last day, he said, as he must return to Frankfurt, but he was grieved at having to say goodbye to the mountain, which had begun to feel quite like home to him. All uncle, on his side,
greatly regretted the departure of his guest, and Heidi had been accustomed for so long to see her good friend every day that she could hardly believe the time had suddenly come to separate. She walked partway down the mountain with him, still unable to grasp the idea that he was going for good. After some distance the doctor stood still, and passing his hand over the child's curly head said, Now, Heidi, you must go back, and I must say goodbye. If only I could take you with me to Frankfurt and keep you there. The picture of Frankfurt rose before the child's eyes, its endless rows of houses, its hard streets, and even the vision of Miss Reiermeyer and Tanette, and she answered hesitatingly, I would rather that you came back to us. Yes, you are right, that would be better. But now goodbye, Heidi. The child put her hand in his and looked up at him, the kind eyes looking down at her had tears in them. Then the doctor tore himself away and quickly continued his descent. Heidi remained standing without moving. The friendly eyes with the tears in them had gone to her heart. All at once she burst into tears and started running as fast as she could after the departing figure, calling out in broken tones, Doctor. Doctor. He turned round and waited till the child reached him. The tears were streaming down her face and she sobbed out, I will come to Frankfurt with you now at once and I will stay with you as long as you like, only I must just run back and tell grandfather. The doctor laid his hand on her and tried to calm her excitement. No, no, dear child, he said kindly, not now, you must stay for the present under the fir trees, you might get sick again. But if I am ever ill and alone, will you come then and stay with me? May I know that there would then be someone to look after me and care for me? Yes, yes, I will come the very day you send for me, and I love you nearly as much as grandfather, replied Heidi, who had not yet got over her distress. And so the doctor again bid her goodbye and started on his way, while Heidi remained looking after him and waving her hand as long as a speck of him could be seen. As the doctor turned for the last time and looked back at the waving Heidi and the sunny mountain, he said to himself, it is good to be up there, good for body and soul, and a man might learn how to be happy once more. <laughs>